Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. Live, hard-hitting, always spot-on. This is Liberty Roundtable Live, ladies and gentlemen. This is our two of two. This is the broadcast for February the 1st in the year of our Lord, 2023. We use the supreme law, the Constitution, the checks and balances, rejecting revolution, standing for people restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Man, have we got a road to hoe to prepare the people for the Savior, Jesus Christ, to come. Uh, bureaucrats and professional do-gooders that are all criminal, the deep state, the shadow government, it's got to fall first. We all know that. The problem is we don't like to focus on that because it makes it sound like we're anarchists or that we're anti-government. See, that's why we don't really highlight those realities. This, that'll just naturally occur. Meanwhile, we'll pray to God. Meanwhile, we'll obey the law. Meanwhile, we'll hold the moral high ground, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the broadcast. Compu- can computers hold the moral high ground? <laughs> Depends on who controls them, folks. Welcome to the broadcast. James Edwards with me, thepoliticalcesspool.org. Welcome back. We're talking about bots. I just emailed James Edwards the chat GPT uh, response. Write an article about liberty in the style of Sam Bushman. That was the question we asked, and we got back. We read this yesterday on the air, by the way. What do you say to it, James? Ladies and gentlemen, I read this. Uh, first of all, I got to say, uh, uh, we are uh, wheels up for family vacation. I was going to leave after the first hour, <laughs> but I have such a good time with them. I said, hey, let's finish breakfast. Take your time on breakfast. I got to get back on for a few more minutes because I love the conversation. I've known my brother, Sam Bushman, oh gosh, uh, 15 years. 15 Since years like if I've known him a minute. Basically, because I knew about you, yeah. and then in 09, we started the network and put you on as one of the first shows we had. So it was really 08, we got to know each other well. Right, and I knew of him by reputation uh, and by accomplishment, you know, for a little while before we actually started working personally together. Anyway, so I've known him for a long time, listened to a lot of his speeches, a lot of his, I read a lot of his writings and phone conversations on the radio with him. I know how this man thinks, and I know how this man speaks. And I read, ladies and gentlemen, during the commercial break, in between the first and second hour, uh, this completely AI-generated speech that it wrote in the style of Sam Bushman. And it, I think it, it was it's it was incredible. I, I can't. It's I can't. I, there, I I can't. I don't know if I have the words to tell you how spot on this thing was and how a computer could have could have done that, you know, and just on the on the, you know, in, in, in nanoseconds, it, it was every bit as good or maybe even better than what we could have produced. And it, it sounded Agreed. just like it was very good. Agreed. And it, it didn't have a lot of the um, a lot of the mistakes or grammatical or spe- spelling error errors that uh, some of the early AI would do, like Google Translate, for instance, uh, some years ago. So this right. this is something. So that's a good thing. That that's a good thing. And and so you know, years ago we were telling you at the tail end of the first hour we we're having this conversation. You know, we're on a long car ride, and you know how conversations can meander, and you just get into <laughs> to rabbit holes. And so we're talking about AI, and I'm like, no, nah, I, I I just really think the future is going to be like. Um, terminator 2 because you know in the sci-fi the machines always kill the people because of what they don't like climate change or something goofy like that but but now i'm thinking okay you know the machines are going to to probably uh you know have a bigger role in the in the future than they do now i don't know exactly how far it can go 
but if they do, I'm not so sure they might not be on the side of the just. How about this, Sam? Consider this. Consider this. The machines become God's instrument on earth to restore order. Now, how would that be? Well, the machines are the invention of the creator. The creator are humans, uh, whose creator is God. What if we've gotten ourselves in such a mess that the machines somehow uh, come in and level the playing field again uh, in the name of righteousness? Uh, you, you know, obviously, the people who are programming these uh, machines are probably not uh, in the way of our thinking. But uh, this was something that I was encouraged by. Not only are machines already cranking out great speeches for a great man like Sam, but a lot of these robots, so they put in all of this data, all of the, the, the things that are going on in the world. And the machines just look at this in a fact-based and data-driven and, and rational way as a, as a computer might do. They just interpret the data as it is. They're not told uh, that... You know, all of the crazy emperor has no clothes type of stuff that we humans are, are forced to believe by the narratives or they're trying to force us to believe. The machines just see that. So, you know, they had to actually kill some of these robots because when they showed them a picture of, for instance, a, a black man, it, it, the machine had a negative reaction. He thought, you know, that, that this is something that, according to FBI crime statistics, which is one example, you know, that it might be more propensity to violence or, or, or crime or violent crime. So they had to keep killing these machines because they were so-called racist, but all they were doing was interpreting the data uh, that the real world gives them without any psychobabble humanities Which professors. Which is, think how many evidences are out there and cases closed and cases continued and documents and articles and TV interviews and about black crime. That all rises to the top and hits the narrative that, and the computer just says, well, here it is. And they're going, wait, well, the, the computer wait, didn't try to hold to, on that, right? Same yeah, what with the IRS algorithm we are talking about. Yeah, so going back, yeah, go, but yeah, the computer didn't get into this, oh, well, obviously, it's why, you know, it didn't get into any of this made-up stuff because the computer deals with facts. Anyway, that was just one thing. So I don't know now if the computers might not be an ally, uh, their, the, their, their inventors be damned, God's will be yeah, done. It, but anyway. It, they can be allies if we insist on it, and if we, the people, work and make that be the case, like I started out the broadcast. Technology is neither good nor evil, folks. It all depends on who controls it and what they use it for. But I just got this chat GPT thing. And now if I ever go to court and they tell you that I'm anti-government or if any media person tells you that I'm anti-government or that I'm against America or that I'm, you know, somehow uh, a conspiracy theorist or this, that, I'm just going to send them the chat GPT article and say, Your Honor, this is what the blogosphere, the AI world thinks of me this is what they mirrored back when hey write an article about liberty and the viewpoints the style the understanding the beliefs of sam bushman here's what it came back with do you find anything in there violent anything in there sinister anything in there racist anything in there anti-government anything there a threat to society a domestic threat of any kind in any way at all your honor i need you to submit this to the jury your honor so they can go ahead and read in the style of sam bushman what the ai world the whole blogosphere thinks of me yeah, what do you think of that, James? That's it, and it's just going to come down to whether or not the programmers are going to be able to program a computer to think irrationally as humans do. That's the thing. You'd have to somehow make a computer who just takes 
fact-based evidence and arrives at a at a logical yeah, they conclusion. Won't, they won't. What they'll do is put their racist matrix in place. What they'll do is they'll add all these criminal activities. Uh, eventually, these bots will be controlled, just like the Google bots. Think of this chat GPT as kind of Google on steroids. You can ask it anything, and buddy, it can come back, and it's way more intelligent. It's like Google on steroids, next-gen search engine slash combined with uh, whatever you want to say. Uh, and I, I bring this up because they've now taken Google and they've manipulated it to hate you and me. They manipulated it to call things conspiracy, to call things this, that. Oh, sure. Never mind that it's conspiracy fact. They'll eventually do this with chat GPT. But so far, uh, it's been very honorable. I asked it, is the CSPOA uh, a legitimate organization? And it came back and said, hey, it depends on your viewpoints. To many people, it's legitimate. Uh, to some people, it's not. And anyway, it wrote a pretty good article about that. Uh, and it was fair-minded, as you point out. It's up to... You and I, to keep the computers fair-minded, James, meaning we the people, if we tolerate the Googles of the world, we're going to get what we get. If we push well, back, the, though, we can stand up. You're the tech guy. Uh, so I, I don't know what the difference is, but there obviously is a difference between some of these AI-type robots versus software algorithms like, 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 like Google. Uh, because the the robots are getting shut down, whereas Google is is working like a charm. It it, it gives you back the the official narrative every time, and uh, brings you back the returns that solidify the narrative of the establishment, so on and so forth. So I I don't know. I mean, obviously, yeah, I'm so not the saying... freedom fighters put the bots together, and they're non biased, and they just roll. Now government's going to have to somehow back into this open. This is by the way, it's called open AI. Just so you understand, open artificial and. Intelligence. And the problem is now the open free world, kind of like the Bitcoins of the world and everybody else at some point, cranked up this technology. Eventually, government will take it over and control it and Googleize it. But until then, it's a modicum of freedom for right now. And just like our broadcasts, you know, before 25 plus years ago, I saw the Internet coming out and I saw this is really 30 years ago. And I saw this was an opportunity for broadcasting like no other. And people laughed at me. They're like, oh, come on, Sam, go buy a radio station. And I went, no, you guys hold on now. Well, now look where we are. And I'm telling you right now, this is another um, fight for freedom that eventually will probably get commandeered and controlled by the shadow government. But until then, we can use it to our advantage. Uh, and we can hopefully wise up this time and prevent complete control like Google and Twitter. And, okay, Elon Musk just went and met with Joaquin Jeffries and Kevin McCarthy. And he said, how can I make my algorithms fair to both sides of the aisle here? What that really means is how can I continue to be under government thumb but pretend that I'm not? Okay, Elon Musk just lied to you. But we have got to make sure that these next technological advances do not fall under the control of government mandating big tech and them being in bed together to betray us all. That The more we wise up to this, the better chance we have, James. Yeah, and I, I could never say that... Uh... A machine would have any level of consciousness, but I wonder if it would have just enough awareness to not be concerned, not needing food and, and shelter and an income. Hold on, can you skip the break? Well, I'll tell you something else I know. So when the computers and the bots come after me that are armed to the teeth and relentless, I'm going to just go to the frigid north country, buddy, and it's going to be so cold those bots can't even walk. <laughs>
<laughs> you know, right, even if freeze their batteries right on down <laughs> and run them flat out of electricity, and they'll just be so shut down. Look, their 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 chips cannot handle the freezing cold, buddy. Go take your cell phone out, even when it gets below yep, thirty two degrees, right. and it can't even work. All right, what happens just, when I'm in there and it's minus ten, buddy? I was just about to say that. That's ah, funny. Just shut that robot right on down there. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, you may have to. That That's right. I was just about to say, you know, even with your iPhone, if you take it out on a snowy weather day, it, it gets real lethargic and, you know, just crawls. Uh, but, yeah, so I, w- with, a, with a, a, a robot, now this is just purely speculative, but, uh, you know, not needing shelter and income and, and uh, social prestige and a cocktail party invitation, I wonder if they would have just enough awareness not to care about the consequences that humans so fear and you know i don't know i don't i don't know but again god god will god's will be done if if they're intended to be an instrument of his will then then uh, they will be yeah and if not like i mean you know, what do we have to lose we we already got the entire everything against us anyway if you, if you just add machines to it That's i don't right. know how much worse off we are it's five degrees where i intend to, to bug out if needs be it'll be minus two tonight james you think them bots are going to be coming after me buddy well they could wait till the summer then what are you going to do well, they wait till the summer. I've still got other ways. I'm just kind of giving you a hint that I'm pretty smart. I'm not going to tell you all the ways. I'll take them suckers out, buddy. Uh, we'll get a Tesla coil or something. Uh, That's from an old old game, uh, old computer game. There's two ways Kong. to cause problems for transistors and computers and chips. You ready? One is not electri- not enough electricity. The other one is too much electricity, James. Okay. Okay. What's uh, yeah? Oh, uh, yeah. No, not the, well. yeah, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Too much electricity. That's the thing. That that's this weapon in this game I was referring to. You, uh, it's a it's an electrical coil that just yeah shocks them and shuts them down. Yeah. Anyway, very interesting conversation about Chat GPT. Everybody's playing with it. Everybody thinks this is the next. I don't know what you want to call it. Best future solution or whatever. Um, and, I, and I think it's, it's neat technology. It's fascinating. It's interesting. But, ladies and gentlemen, the real battle is, are we going to demand peaceful control of it? Or will the shadow government in bed with big tech demand a very sinister use for this technology? You saw the first round of Google, Facebook, Twitter, and the like, and how it's been literally used to manipulate elections, to deceive all of us, to lie to force false narrative, uh, so we've caught them at it. Now, if we the people don't wake up and demand difference going forward, we get what we deserve, James. Yep, that's exactly right, and uh, we don't deserve his grace. We don't deserve a bailout. We were the ones who uh, allowed all of this to happen. I mean, at the end of the day, obviously not we, as in me and you and and the listeners of of this radio network, but – our, our people at, at large uh, just got too decadent and uh, too comfortable, and they, they just completely let go of the reins as, uh, you know, it was warned by our founding fathers, if you can keep it. Well, we didn't keep it. And and so I don't know if we deserve a bailout, but. Well, uh, we don't. And I'll tell you why. Let me give you an example. Here's the next story, but it relates completely. U.S. corn farmers sound alarm. Yeah, you know what their problem is, James? What's that? They say it's the most catastrophic problem ever faced by farmers. Yeah. There's a new law in Mexico. Yeah. Fox Business says Mexico is enacting a new law that would ban U.S. 
imports of genetically modified corn. So now Mexico doesn't want our genetically modified corn. They're the biggest corn buyer of American corn ever. They purchase more than $10 billion from the United States annually. And, well, the problem is they don't want our genetically modified corn. And the farmers say, we're unable to produce corn that's not genetically modified. Now, how stupid are we? Why would we, buy, why would we uh, do genetically modified corn in the first place? The farmer thought he was going to get rich with incredible yields, and now he finds out he's been played for a sucker by your government, and, and now Mexico doesn't want your modified corn, and now the farmers are in massive trouble, James. You know what? My wife was just reading something about what's going on with corn and, and how the, of course, the American family farm is all but a, a relic of a better past. But, yeah, I mean, this this whole thing, we're, we're the, you know, there's a lot. This is a whole other conversation, obviously, and a whole other thread and topic of that deserves a, a deep dive. But what they're doing with food and, you know, the push for eating bugs and getting rid of meat and getting rid of legitimate vegetables and you're eating all of this stuff that's scientifically modified, genetically engineered – that's all scary stuff. It's 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 a, what happened to what happened to, to just growing your own food and raising your own stuff. It's uh... yeah, people aren't doing that, buddy. They don't know about it. That's my whole point. Is we've got to learn to grow our own food. We've got to learn. It, it, look, if we believe that America is not going to be the same in the future as it once has hitherto been, you better not just think food grows at the store. <laughs> well, this you is something too. Start to understand this, right? This is something that Danny has been huge on. I mean, she's really been, I don't want to say on a kick as if it's a trivial thing. I mean, she's really gotten committed about this and to the, the betterment of our entire family. Uh, the last few years, uh, just trying to eat as clean as possible. Uh, so much stuff that gets, uh, so much of the additives and the chemicals that get put in our food, whether it's you know potato chips or just whatever, just about everything, uh, aren't, aren't even legal in most of the world. Uh, they're banned in most of the world, but here in America, I mean, well, that's you know why so many Americans are obese now. Yeah, most farmers are not set up to grow this non-GMO corn either, so it's a problem. And I don't know why we fell for the GMO corn in the first place, James. I don't know if it was just uh, filthy lucre on the minds of farmers, where they're like, "Hey, I can get rich and have the monster crop," or what? But I don't blame anybody but the farmers here. They shouldn't have been on the on the government's manipulated dole in the first place. We don't need to depend on all these exports and all these imports. That's another thing we need to understand. America should have very little import and export. If the world's going to be so hostile to our way of life, so communistic and so socialistic and against everything we stand for, why not just go internal and say, look, we're going to import only the things we need. We're going to export only the things that or everything that we possibly can. Uh, we're going to find out what the world wants. We're the freest, best-built economy in the world. And we're going to, you know, hey, we'll export a ton. We'll import very little. Why don't we start to fundamentally understand this and get it done? Jet jettison your genetically modified, whacked-out corn. Create real corn for the American people. You know, I, I am not as up to speed on this particular issue as I am uh, some of the more standard fare. But I can promise you this. It's always going to come down to the money. Whatever lobbying organization on behalf of a big agra, uh, whatever they are paying is what's going to become uh, the, the norm, and everybody else is going to get squeezed out. And all of the people that are in charge of the decision-making process on this, no matter how unhealthy it is, no matter how bad it is for 
America in the long run. Uh, the money's going to win out, and it's just it, again, it's just not a. You don't have to have wild, harebrained ideas about how how all of this stuff works. It's just the money talks and the money wins every time. You're right about that fact. But James, look, I'm up on every subject everywhere on the planet all the time. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. All right, I am like chat. I am like chat. GPT on steroids. All right. So you're like the living now, embodiment of it. Let me let me tell you why I, I'm this way. It's not that I know everything about everything, folks. It isn't because I don't. In fact, I know a, a, a little about a lot of things. Uh, I don't know a lot about many things. But here's what I do know. <laughs> I know how to put it in the reference point of the supreme law of our land. I know how to put it in the reference point of God's laws. I know how to put it in the reference point of God's ordained traditional family. I know how to plug any subject, any topic, anytime, anywhere into the principles that matter most for our lives. Why are you here? What are you meant to do on earth? Where are you going after this life? Okay, I can answer those questions. I can give you guidance. So what I'm saying is I don't know everything about everything, but I can take any topic and apply it to the principles at hand, the fundamental reasons this radio show exists, which is... We highlight reality as it really is. We talk about problems as they really are. We tell the truth. We're truth tellers. But we have solutions for the problems we face. It's not that I'm a rocket scientist. It's not that I'm actually that smart at all. In fact, I'm kind of stupid a little bit. But I have the ability to plug this in to the principles that we've been taught about God, family, and country throughout Earth's history, throughout God's dealings with man, throughout Jesus Christ and his resurrection throughout all these, you know, changes in societal reality, you know, modern technology and so on and so on. And I can take these topics and plug them in with relevant content that relates to you and me, that relates to freedom versus tyranny, that relates to our responsibilities, that relates to our opportunities, that relates to, okay, I can do a SWOT analysis on any topic. And I can basically come back with intelligent information, not because I'm so brilliant, because I am learning and continue to study the principles that make the world tick. It isn't about every topic under the sun that I have to know about. It's understanding the underlying principles and being able to apply them on the fly. James, that's the practice that we all need to gain as we go forward in this world. All right. That is the key to the exercise. It isn't that I'm so brilliant. But it is that I'm a good reader, and I'm a good internalizer, and I'm a good applier of knowledge and principles. And, okay, this is all that it takes for us. And I spend my time on this because I think it's a solution for all of us. We can apply these things. Don't think that the world's got you beat. It doesn't, James. And neither do the computers. <laughs> well, look, my, my thoughts on the computers, as I said, has changed a little bit. I'm, I'm counting on them now <laughs> instead of fearing them. Does but... your computer believe in God? Well, my government certainly doesn't, and my media doesn't, and uh, everybody controls. But I do, now. and that is the deciding factor, James. That is the well, winning maybe, solution, James. Who knows? Maybe the computer that's going to help us will be invented by somebody who does. I mean, again, you know, all, all the advancements in medicine. I mean, th this isn't science that's doing this. It's uh, the creation creating these things, and uh, so it, it all goes back to God at the, at the yeah, end Yeah, everybody day. wonders what the military has or the government has. And whatever technology we see, they must have ten times that amount of technology. They're way beyond what we know. That's all true. But you know what? The private sector, the open technology people, 
the white hats, so to speak. We've got a gazillion pieces of technology that we ain't shown yet either, James. Well, and, and, and you, you can just never predict. I mean, there, there are going to be things that happen and uh, things that break that you, you would have never expected. This, this whole thing, I think, is just all too bloated to endure. Again, the nation will, even if the country doesn't. And that's, that's fine. Right. I, I, again, God's will be done in all things for the glory of his people. And, uh, you know, I, I tell you what, one of the biggest impediments to Christianity in the world right now is America. Uh, the United States is just at, at, not the people. Not the people, but the institutions of this country are vehemently anti-Christian. Everything coming out of American media. Hey, man, do you know about the great, goes, the great tomato fights, James? No. You don't know about the great tomato fights, man? I don't know the great tomato fights. It's called La Tomatina. It's a huge it tomato flight. I know you got to fly. Listen to your radio. We'll let you go, and I'll tell you all about it in seconds on your radio. Love you, brother. Talk to you again soon. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Prime. Nine states have officially asked a federal judge in Texas Tuesday to strike down the former President Obama DACA program that protects illegal immigrants who were brought to the United States as children. Also known as DREAMers, the lawsuit wants to start phasing out the program over two years, arguing that the rule, which affects roughly 800,000 people, is unconstitutional. The combination of moisture from the Gulf of Mexico and Arctic air spilling south from Canada is resulting in a long-duration ice storm for millions of people across at least eight states. Two people in Texas have died as sleet, snow, freezing rain made road and air travel nearly impossible in Dallas on Tuesday. The forecast says it will spread northeast with time lasting through early Thursday in some areas. Gambling with the future of the Southwest, states that rely on the Colorado River for water came up with no deal. The January 31st federal deadline to reach a deal on cutting water use by the states that rely on the Colorado River has come and gone with no deal. But Arizona, Colorado, Nevada, New Mexico, Utah, and Wyoming have submitted a proposal on ways to reduce water use. Negotiations on cutting water use stalled, and California, the state that relies most on the Colorado River, wasn't part of the alternate proposal. In Las Vegas, I'm John Schaefer. NFL quarterback Tom Brady has announced his retirement again. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. Former actor, 46-year-old Nathan Chasing Horse, best known for his role in Dances with Wolves, is being accused of running a sex trafficking ring. Chasing Horse was arrested by Las Vegas police Tuesday for allegedly sexually assaulting indigenous girls as young as 13 for roughly 20 years. SWAT officers raided his North Las Vegas home, where he reportedly lives with his five wives. This is USA News. Mornings were made for better things than rheumatoid arthritis or RA. Zeljan's tofacitinib is a pill for adults with moderate to severe RA when tumor necrosis factor blockers did not work well or could not be tolerated. Zeljan's can help relieve joint pain, swelling, and help stop further joint damage. Zeljan's can lower your ability to fight infections. Don't start if you have one. Before and during treatment, your doctor should check for infections like TB and do blood tests. 
serious, sometimes fatal infections, cancers including lymphoma and lung, blood clots, serious heart-related events, tears in the stomach or intestines, and allergic reactions have happened. People 50 and older with heart disease risk factors have an increased risk of death. Tell your doctor if you've had hepatitis B or C, have flu-like symptoms, are prone to infections, or have ever had a heart attack, stroke, clot, or other heart problems, or swelling of lips, tongue, throat, or hives. Ask your doctor about prescription Zeljans. Visit Zeljans.com or call 1-844-ZELJANS. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. Wow, there's so much to talk about, so little time, right? <laughs> All right, we talked about corn. Mexico is about to pass a law they don't want American genetically modified corn. Do you blame them? I don't blame the Mexicans. They're wise. Why would they want that garbage? Why would they want that man-made manipulated trash? Why don't they go ahead and grow God's corn? Yeah, heirloom kind of seeds. Get her done, people. Farmers, bust out, wake up, realize you've been played for suckers. All right, don't do it. Don't take the hidden cash. Don't take the manipulated circumstances. Grow real corn for real people. Mexico will buy it. Americans will buy it, and everybody in the world will love it, right? All right, I digress, except to say, hey, as the country song goes, corn makes, rain makes corn, corn makes whiskey, whiskey makes my baby a little frisky, right? So, you know, everybody knows the value of corn. We need it, but you don't need genetically modified garbage, okay? Now, there's a huge tomato fight that goes on every year from what I understand. It's called La Tomatita. I don't know if I'm saying that right or not. I don't speak Spanish, okay? But it's Spain's annual giant tomato fight, folks. They say it looks cozy if you like being covered with tomato juice. <laughs> now, here's what happened. My daughter is in a private school, and they learn about awesome things and stuff like that. In her Spanish class, they learned about this tomato fight. And this is one way that when you're learning Spanish, they can, you know, bring uh, modern reality to the discussions where kids just love it. So my daughter comes home and she says, Dad, you ever heard about, you know, La Tomatilla or whatever? And I'm like, no, what the heck's that? And she goes, it's this awesome, huge tomato fight, man. It happens every year and stuff. And I'm like, what? I've never heard of this. Come on. I'm going, no. She's like, yeah, Dad, it's true. So I went and looked it up, and my daughter's exactly spot on. It's true. So the article came out in, like, 2012 that I found about this uh, thing. And it says this. Late yesterday morning, so this is 2012, understand. All hell broke loose. And the Spanish town of Bunal, I think is how you say it. La Tomatilla. The annual food festival brought 40,000 people to this tiny town, normally of 9,000, and they all came for one reason, the simple joy of, listen, hucking a metric ton of ripe tomatoes at each other. <laughs> it's like, what? The only rule is that you got to squish the tomato before hurling it at somebody else for safety so it's not so hard. They say technically the tomato fight is only supposed to begin, listen to this, 
And this is where my daughter started telling me more and more details. And I'm like, honey, you're being led a line of baloney. This isn't right. She says, Dad, yes, it is. And I went and searched it up. They say this. The fight's only supposed to begin after someone retrieves a, a Spanish ham from a top, a two-story tall greased wooden pole called the Palahaban translation hamstick. But I guess um, no one really got the ham, and no one really cared. The tomatoes started to fly in. So you're supposed to have people take turns climbing up this pole that's greased, that's like two stories tall, and you got to knock the ham off the top of the pole to get this dude started. You know, it's kind of like how they do a <laughs> You know how it's like how they do a jump in a basketball game? This is like on steroids, buddy. You got a, You got some hops? <laughs> you you got to climb this greased up pole to get two stories up to knock the ham down to kick this tomato fight off. Now they say for such a bizarre <laughs> festival, they call it an arcane festival, by the way. Uh, La Tamatia is a tradition that only dates back to 1940. It was banned for a while. Um, anyway, I guess they started this in August, you know, and it was started out in the 40s and it was banned for a little while. But this is a really, um, I don't know what you call it, kind of a cool, interesting tidbit that if you want something fun to do for your vacation. Now, James Edwards just left on vacation, don't you know? Okay. <laughs> And so I'm thinking, James, instead of just driving south and stuff like you always do and having one of them redneck southern vacations, you know, where you eat, you know, okra and such like that, right? Turn up greens and, you know, that. You, instead of just fried chicken, that you, my friend, can go to Spain on your vacation, buddy. You got to set it up for this coming August and you can take place in the tomato fight, dude. You can throw tomatoes till your heart just takes joy. Buddy, you can smash tomato juice. They got videos of this thing out on the Internet, by the way. And, man, it's gnarly. It's rowdy. So some people in, in my daughter's class were saying, oh, I'd love to do that. And then they saw the videos, and they saw the people packed together with tomato juice in their hair and running down their face. And, and they're like, um, no, we don't want <laughs> We don't think we want to do that, they, they're saying. I'm just telling you right now, I think it's the coolest thing ever. Not because I want to be in it. So my wife was saying, hey, man, how do you not be in this thing but get the close-up view? How do you? <laughs> and the thing says that what people do is they just kind of get in their underwear and they get ready to do this thing, man. They, In other words, they kind of strip down to, I don't know, Speedos or shorts or whatever they do uh, so that they don't ruin clothes. But they say it ruins your clothes, the acidity, and it ruins your clothes so bad that it's, um, you know, you got to just throw away your clothes when you're done uh, engaging in this thing. You know, but if you ever had this secret desire to just go crazy and do this stuff, man, then you need to go on vacation to La Tomatina, Spain's annual giant tomato fight. Now, if you could be the guy to climb that greasy pole, get to the top of that dude, knock that Spanish ham off that sucker, you'd be a world-renowned hero. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just telling you right now, it'd be incredible. So the interesting thing about this thing 
uh, is when they talked about this, they said, what about the cleanup? And what about how long is this? Well, it's an hour long fight. This thing goes for an hour. You know, you think you've been in like, um, you know how people play war and they do paintball wars or they do whatever. And it's like, you know, hey, it's gnarly. You're running around. It's getting crazy. And this thing lasts for an hour. So imagine just getting pelted and smashed and rolling in and standing in and whatever this. <laughs> these, I don't know if they're rotten or they're just ripe tomatoes. I don't think they're totally rotten. They're just ripe um, tomatoes. And they actually grow tomatoes now for the event, see? Now, if they don't grow gen- genetically modified tomatoes, good on them. Listen up, corn farmers. Stop it. Quit growing that genetically modified crap that nobody wants. The people in the United States never wanted it, so you thought you could export it like a bunch of racists to the Mexicans and they'd fall for it. No, they're too smart. They said, uh-uh. We don't want your genetically modified crap to make our masa and our tortillas and our incredible corn tamales and this kind of stuff. We don't want that. Well, now you're paying the piper because you stupidly uh, went along with it. Anyway, I digress. Except this tomato fight, what they say is everybody after the hour, everybody participates in cleaning up after the event. And they say that the acid in the tomatoes, believe it or not, leaves the streets cleaner than before they started. And so what they like about it is it cleans up their city. After this event, after the frolic in the toma- with the tomatoes, or whatever, then they go ahead and they clean it up, and the acidity actually cleans up the streets and cleans up their city, and it's a really a nice thing. So I'm just telling you right now, I wanted to make sure you guys knew where you could go on vacation, man. If you guys want to check it out. Now, I'd like to be like my wife. If I could somehow, you know, be a fly on the wall, if I, <laughs> if I could somehow get the front seat, maybe I need to somehow get on the top of that pole with the ham and just watch from that spot because nobody could come up there and get me. Now, they might start lobbing tomatoes at me, though. But how do you watch this thing in an up-close way but not get, I don't know what you call it, in the melee? <laughs> but anyway, it's a pretty interesting tradition of 40,000 screaming, running, throwing, <laughs> tomato-armed People is an interesting concept, to say the least. Now, if you believe in this incredible uh, La Tomatia or La Tomatina, you could start your own tomato festival in America. You know how America imports traditions and, and, and ideas from other countries and it's supposedly the great melting pot and such like that? You could go ahead and start your own tomato throwing. Uh, you'd just be... Just change the name of your town to Tomato Town. And you can go ahead and start your own tradition right here in America, and you wouldn't even have to go all the way to Spain for it. What do you think, people? Got to get your Spanish ham. Got to get your greased pole two stories high. You got to go ahead and get a metric ton of tomatoes every year, and you're ready to go. You can even charge a fee for people to watch this stuff. All right, just an idea. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. We're full of ideas, full of solutions. And by the way, I got the best news ever coming up in seconds on your radio. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier. And this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast. 
and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9:6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, you want to be uh, involved in the Great Tomato Fight? You want to grow American genetically modified corn that nobody wants? Be my guest. All right, there's a new study out, ladies and gentlemen, that I find phenomenal. Showing gratitude reduces stress, improves heart health. They say the study is published in the, quote, International Journal of psychophysiology it's a pretty cool study now listen to me carefully because this is cool a harvard study almost 80 years old has proved that embracing community helps us live longer and be happier liz minio i guess she's harvard staff writer is the one who put this together so i got to give her a little bit of credit or whatever now it's fascinating. When I heard this study was almost 80 years old, I thought, well, wait a minute. Did the study conclude 80 years old? No, 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 no. It's a modern study that just concluded. It just happened to start 80 years ago. Believe it or not, they say it's the most comprehensive. The uh, study with longevity is what's being called. When science began tracking the health of 268 Harvard sophomores in 19... 19- 38, ladies and gentlemen, during the Great Depression, they hoped that the longitudinal study um, would reveal clues to leading healthy and happy lives. They got more than they wanted, they say. Yeah, this study is just the king of studies for its longevity uh, and the details of how it's been, um, I don't know what you want to say, conducted. After following the surviving crimson men, I guess those are men who went to Harvard, for nearly 80 years as part of the Harvard study on adult development, it's one of the world's largest, longest studies 
ever conducted. But they have collected what they call a cornucopia of data on their physical and mental health. They say of the original Harvard cohort recruited, um, they say that only 19 of them are still alive now. Now, the reason that this study is so cool, though, is because then, listen, they were all in their mid-90s now. Among the original recruits into this were eventual President John F. Kennedy and longtime Washington editor Ben Bradley, I think is how you say his name. Women were not in the original study because the college was still all male at that point. But to the study's credit, in addition, scientists eventually expanded their research to include the men's offspring, who now number into the 1,300 people. And they're now in their 50s and 60s. They were included in the study as well, and that let them find out how early life experiences helped them understand the effects of health and aging over time. Some participants went on to become successful businessmen, doctors, lawyers, and others ended up schizophrenics, alcoholics. Yeah. So life takes strange turns. But during the intervening decades, they say, the control group, have expanded. They started including wives of these men in the studies first. And over the years, they have studied the health trajectories in their broader lives, the drivers in their careers, whether they were married or not. The surprising finding is that our relationships and how happy we are in those relationships have a powerful influence on our health, they say. Yeah, our relationships and how well those relationships are going, how happy we are in those relationships have a powerful influence on our health. The study says, or the study shows, I should say. Think about that. That's really cool. Now listen. They say the people who are the most satisfied in their relationships at age 50 were the most healthy at age 80. Close relationships more than money or fame. Listen. Close relationships more than money or fame are what keep, keep people happy throughout their lives. The study revealed. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. It turns out that the research for this was from private foundations. The National Institutes of Health and others have provided grants for this, but they go on. Um, and they talk about these relationships more in detail, okay? where they say close relationships more than money or fame and how those relationships are going is the key to this happiness quotient. And I find it fascinating. 
So, ladies and gentlemen, that's why a tie to God religiously is key. You don't go to church because you believe the church is perfect. Uh, you know, uh, a, buddy, a brother of mine used to have this thing where he'd use his hands and he'd say, you know, open the door. Or, here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the doors and see all the people. And he'd say, here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the doors and see all the hypocrites. And it was a great joke and all that kind of stuff. But look, it's true. There are a bunch of hypocrites at church. There are a bunch of sinners at church. If we were all saints, we wouldn't necessarily need church if we were perfect, right? But we try to be saints. We go to church to get strength from one another. And so, look, I'm telling you, the solution in this study is you don't need fame. You don't need fortunes. The surprising finding of this 80-year-long study is that our relationships and how happy we are in our relationships have a powerful influence of our health. Close relationships, more than money or fame, are what keep people happy throughout their lives, the study revealed. So, folks, if you want happiness, I'm going to tell you right now where to get it. Turn to God. Look for a loving spouse. Have family and friends and loved ones around you. The more you are kind to them, the more you love them, the more kindness and love you will get back. It acts like a great mirror. Some people say you become the sum of the five people that surround you the most throughout your life, the people that you spend the most time with, that you become the sum of that. Now, I don't know if that's a factual statement or more of kind of a cliche, but I believe it has uh, relevance in this. Be with people who make you happy. Reject downers in your life. Spend time with those who you can develop close, stable relationships. And more than money or fame, it will bring you happiness. Interesting, incredible study. Now, I appreciate them taking 80 years to find this out, but I could have told them that. Happiness lies in God, family, and country. Now, you know what? Make friends that believe in God. Work and spend time with your family. Look for those who believe in God, family, and country, those who believe in the same values you believe in, and find them friends and hold to them fast. And that's why I'm friends with people all over the country, many times even more so than in my neighborhood. Because these people believe as I do. These people and I have a familial belief that we're, we're a big patriot family, right? Uh, and sure, I have a lot of friends that are neighbors and, and, and stuff like that too. Don't get me wrong. But I'm telling you, this is the key to success. You know, starting a, a tomato fight might be fun, but I don't know that it's going to bring lasting happiness. Might make you sick of tomatoes for a year. I don't know. But when you talk about close relationships... When you talk about making, striving, putting out energy into those relationships, if those relationships have a hard time, if you feel betrayal, if you learn to forgive, learn to put the time, the love, the effort, the prayers into your relationships. And there's another study that's now coming out about being grateful, how important gratitude is. The headline says, gratitude lowers blood pressure. So, folks, it is becoming common knowledge of how external factors in your life and internal factors in your life, not related to diet, although diet's vital, not related to money or fame or fortune or things that are out of your control, but things that are in your control, things that you can have an influence on, right, have a huge effect 
on your life and your well-being. I'm telling you right now, make friends. Learn how to win friends and influence people. Learn to be grateful for all that God's given you. Learn to stand tall, uh, not only to want friends, but to be a good friend. One of the most important ways to make friends and create long-lasting relationships is to be a good friend. That means be loyal. That means forgiveness. It's like a marriage. You know what? You and your spouse will offend each other, will disappoint each other because you're not perfect. You're human. But you can forgive. You can be grateful for all the positive they bring regardless of their shortcomings. I uh, don't tell you this story to tell you that I'm important. I tell you this story because I think it's one of the great keys. A guy called me uh, several years ago and said, hey, you know what? I need a friend. And I um, thought of who in the world that I've met or who in the world that I might know that I would like to make a friend out of. And I thought of you, Sam, so I'm calling. Do you have time to you and your wife and me and my wife to go out to dinner and we can talk and get to know each other? And he thought of me. Well, I hope I'm a good friend. I pray that I'm a good friend. I hope I'm a disciple of Christ. Uh, but I don't tell you that story because he reached out to me. I tell you that story because I know of it. I tell you the story because I look at him and say, that is the way to do it. Think in your life, who would you like your friends to be? Think in your life how you can be a good friend. And so this guy reached out to me and he's got several great friends now because he did what it takes. Look for good friends, find them, support them, love them, be true to them, stand through thick and thin with them. And if you do this with God, family, and country, and you find friends from those elements in your life, those people who believe in God with you, those people who celebrate and love the traditional family with you, those who believe in the country as you do and as I do, those are the three categories that your friends should come from. Yes, they can come from work. They can come from other places as well. But I'm telling you, if you want a kinship, if you want a familial bond that lasts a lifetime and beyond, you've got to put in the work. You've got to put in the grit. You've got to do the things to make it stick. Anyway, incredible 80-year study with solutions. Who else is talking about the solutions like I am? Anybody? Make sure that you spread the word, folks, and get this broadcast on every venue, every radio station, every local place you can. Because as we spread the word and share the love, people will feel our faith in Christ. People will, will identify with our commitment to God, family, and country, and the protection of life, liberty, and property. we got to work to do. Let's pray hard on our knees and get up and go to work and be all about it, shall we? God save the republic of the United States of America, lovingliberty.net.